Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Hi. How are you? Ow. Licks my finger. Ow. Ow. Hi, everyone. It's Pastor Dave. Hi. And that's Cecilia. And the meows that you heard was a very, very special friend of Cecilia's. Do you feel up to talking a little bit about it? Uh, sure. Uh, can't promise. I might not be in a bit of tears, but that was Tori. Uh, he uh, was a cat that I had for about 17 years, and uh, he was my shadow. He was just the joy of my life. He was as close to a child as I uh, have. Years ago, I remember going to your apartment and, and sitting down, uh, previous to where you're living now, and he'd hop up. And, and and he'd purr and he'd rub his head against me. And I remember especially when we, when we'd have something to eat, he'd hop right up on the tray to see, what are you going to, what are you going to have? I didn't know if you'd remember that you oh, petted him. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, he, you and he got along really well. Mm -hmm. he, was, he had his stubborn moments and he could be very strong-willed, but, but yeah, he always had to know, oh, what's for lunch? Which he didn't usually get most of it, but, but, uh. And so last week you had a very sad occasion. Yeah, I'd come home from recording and uh, realized uh, that Tori was just not right. And I knew he'd been losing weight, but I hoped that it that he could recover from that. And and then I realized, I looked at him and I realized that he was really, really very thin. And he just wasn't right. Um, he usually runs to me and... and jumps in my lap and he just wasn't himself no, so he wasn't. what then did you do uh i thought about going to the emergency vet and because of uh, income I, I could not afford that they can be very expensive after hours so you waited to the next morning and then took I him took to, the vet. to the vet and i knew um I pretty much knew what was going to happen, but I, uh, we had him put to sleep. I had him put to sleep. Cecilia and I talked long and hard whether we should bring this up or not, but for a couple reasons, we decided we we're going to do the, the podcast this week about loss. As Cecilia pointed out, she has, she's not married, she has no kids, so her cat was like a child to her. And I've known other people with guide dogs or other pets that it is so close to them, especially when they don't have any other family. It is a huge loss. Yes. And that also then ripples to the other whole thing that we as humanity face, whether it be a pet or whether it be a family member or whether it be something else. 
we all face losses. For some, it was loss of sight. Some, it can be a loss of a job. And finally, for all of us, it is a loss of life. We're going to look at this topic today, doing something different for, for one episode. We're going to look at the topic of loss and what can and should we do in the face of loss. In the last couple of days as we've talked, you've mentioned many things, but one of them was, and you just repeated it a second ago, can you share that with me and the listeners? Because I think a lot of people go through this. Yeah. It seems like one minute I'm happy, the next minute I'm just in tears in a basket case. I don't know how I feel. That's very typical, and I'm thank you for sharing, by the way, what you are going through. Uh, you feel exactly what you feel. You think you should be feeling something else, but you're not. You're feeling this. And what's surprising to you is your own reaction to your own feelings. That is not only common, but I'm glad to hear you say that very thing. Here's the interesting thing, Cecilia. Mm -hmm. This is how you're reacting to it now. Five years from now, you might be reacting totally different. Or one of our listeners out there would might be thinking, oh, that's not what I was thinking when I lost my guide dog. I couldn't stop crying for three weeks. The key really is accept and acknowledge the emotions you feel because that is what you feel. There is no normal and there is no right or wrong way. More important is to understand that you are going through grief and it has multiple stages and feelings. And in fact, given two more weeks, you're probably going to even feel different than you do now. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? When somebody faces a huge loss. I'm not so sure, Cecilia, you experienced this with the loss of Tori, your cat, but I know many times, especially when people get word they're, they've got cancer, they only have 
a couple months left or you uh, uh, here's your pink slip. You're going. It's denial. No, it can't be. And the reason people go through that stage of denying what is now there is because if they admit to it, it means they have to admit to could be failure. It could be a, a difficult future. It, it, it really means I'm not Superman, I'm not capable, and I'm in big trouble. But that's where these verses you just read, Cecilia, connect in so much. Because it says, God who did not spare his own son, he knows what it's like to suffer. He's gone through it too. He is there with us. We're not alone. Hmm. Well, and let me also pick up then with these verses. I find these verses very encouraging. Uh, Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword or danger? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, Pastor Dave, I understand that nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, that God loves me and all that. And it's not that that's not important, but but something has separated me from my best friend, and I am not happy about it. And so you're angry. Yes. Yeah. Anger is still another one of the stages or... things that a person faces when when there is a huge loss and and it's a a normal thing here's what's confusing though behind anger anger is really a smokescreen for something else it isn't the actual emotion behind anger there is a fire behind that smoke could be it's not fair god It didn't happen to that person or that person, but it happens to me. Why, God? Why now? Why me? You know, because really, when we stop and look at it, there really is no logic in loss or death. No, there's not. And there's really no mercy. You can say that again, too. And so we are faced with the other questions when we see anger. It's something I always ask myself when I'm angry. Why am I angry? Or when I'm confronted with somebody who is angry, I usually sit and listen 
until they can finally come out with the other question, the other things that are behind it. So even if you personally are not dealing with the loss, but you know somebody who has had some tragic loss, that's an important thing to remember. When you are faced with their anger, remember, they're not angry at you. They're not even actually, in a sense, angry. There's something else going on. And the best thing you can do as a person is listen to the anger until that blows off the steam or burns off a bit of the wood and then ask some other questions to get to the real heart of the matter. So what you're telling me is that I'm not really angry even though I'm angry. Is that right? Well, not completely. Okay. Well, the fact is, I don't know what's behind the anger. Mm -hmm. Hurt, sadness, loneliness, what, I don't know. Mm -hmm. All I know is that I don't like it. It hurts. So, have you got a Bible verse to make this hurt go away? (laughs) No, I don't. No, I don't. And... I can fully understand why it's difficult to understand what's behind the anger. And that's the difficulty with this stage is is trying to understand it because it's just... The fact is I don't really care what's behind it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's okay. I don't want to analyze it. That's correct. That's correct. And so by my analyzing it and trying to find a reason for you specifically will make no sense. Instead, how about I just walk the road with you? you go ahead and be angry and um, know Look, that I'm, I'm God sorry. accepts you just the way you are. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spit out at you like that. It's quite all right. You know, David in this book of Psalms did the very same thing to God. Why? Why, God, do you let the nations do this? But he always ends, but I trust in you. So let the anger come. And and. I'm giving an example to you all listeners, but this really is the best. When someone is struggling with anger, let them have it. Just understand that there's going to eventually come out something of what's behind the anger, but the best way to let that work through is let them be angry because there's nothing that can take that anger away because the sadness is there. Another stage of grieving or or, or struggles that people go through when they have a significant loss is that of bargaining. Oh, yes. I'm confused by this stage. I've thought about it, and I can only think of one time where I did some bargaining. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. I was on a missionary trip, and we'd just crossed over uh, into Mexico uh, for some fun on that day. I was with some other uh, mission execs, and, and we went to an open-air market, and there was some beautiful jewelry there. It was jade green and silver. And I said, how much? And he said, this much. And I said, uh-uh. And I started walking away, and hold it, sir. And, and so we back and forth, back, and we bargained, and finally we're, we, we both agreed, I'll take the jewelry, you take my money. That's the only bargaining I can think of. I don't think that's exactly the type of bargaining we're talking about here. No, I suppose not. Help us. Help me. Well, uh, I remember a time when I had broken up with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And this was a devastating loss to me. Mm. And I thought, well, maybe if I try to be more patient, more understanding, uh, maybe less jealous, then, then he'll come back. Uh. Um, Lord, Lord, I'll, I'll be a better person. I'll, I'll be more, just more sweeter. I'll, I'll, I'll do just about anything. So it's your, you were attempting to do anything or about anything in order to have the relationship back. That's right. Okay, that's a bargain. In in our reading, we've also seen uh, and read about where people were sick and they'd say to the doctor, do whatever you have to. Uh, If if you can, do... And and, and trying to bargain with the doctor for cancer treatments. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe if I just talk to the boss, I can get them to give me my job back. Mm. Okay. And maybe this hits home with some of all of you, and you can think of these situations. When it really comes down to the problem, though, is many times when there is major loss, there's no face to even talk to. And if ultimately it comes back to God... God doesn't make trades. Yeah, who of us can can negotiate and barter? What do we have that God wants? Wasn't there some verse about I don't want sacrifices? Oh yeah, um, um, uh, Jesus had commented. I think it was in Matthew nine. I don't want. Um, uh, uh, God wants mercy, not sacrifices. Go and learn what this means. And what he was trying to say is, he doesn't want our outward actions of things, he wants our hearts. Which which kind of deals with a, a, a contrite heart. A, uh, well, another verse I think of uh, when it comes to our salvation, we, we really can't do anything. Um, Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us. Uh, that brings to mind um, Ephesians uh, 2, uh, verses 8 and following. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own works, lest any man should boast. It really demonstrates when it comes to God, we can't bargain. We have nothing to bargain with, whether it be a loss that we have or our salvation. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, 
and upholding you with your free spirit. next stage of grief that we're going to be talking about is depression and how depressing yep yeah, very mm. and to be perfectly honest yes i'm depressed i want my cat back and i'm angry mm. so pastor dave what about you i'm going to flip this to you have you ever been depressed in your life have i been depressed in my life well, yeah yeah when I was in eighth grade, I asked Audrey out for a date. My wife knows this story, by the way. Some of you else know it, too. And, and she, the way she said no, I realized it was a no because I was blind. I just lost my sight three years before. Thought I was doing okay with it. But when that answer came down, that just... Mm. I'm not sure whether to be sympathetic here <laughs> because you realized that you were, it was because you were blind or to go, oh, come on, that was an eighth-grade depression. How bad could that be? It was bad. Well, that, that is part of the point, though, too. It was eighth grade. But I do remember being very depressed about it and, and thinking, maybe I should just kill myself. And it wasn't so much for losing the girl as the fact that I had to face the reality that I'm going to be blind and I'm going to get this from other people and how are they going to look at me and life ain't worth living. Kind of at the end of my rope... As we've been reading about this stage, that's one of the uh, uh, symptoms. You feel like you're at the bottom or at the end of your rope, and you have no place to go. Yeah. Another time I was depressed was um, I was was a pastor for three years in a house, and I was remodeling the house, and I hurt my back real bad, herniated two discs. Ouch. And uh, the first time I went to the hospital for treatment and all, I thought nothing of it. I'm Superman. I'll come out okay. And the second time I had a relapse, and I was like, oh, it'll be a... The third time I realized, this ain't so easy, and I might not be getting over this. And if this keeps happening, I may have to... And I love doing woodwork and remodeling. And I was very depressed. And I had to give up that lifestyle, that remodeling... Um, for a period of quite a bit of time because physically I just couldn't do it. So what did you do? I don't remember. You... I, I, I'll be honest, I don't remember. That was quite a, quite a few years ago. Let's go on to a different one. Uh, <laughs> another time I was depressed, I was coming back on a commuter plane and the stewardess didn't lead me well and I slipped off the stairs because the stairs dropped down from the plane. I fell 10 feet... Uh, no, no, not 10 feet... Uh, Eight feet down to the tarmac on my uh, shoulder. I remember this. Darn near paralyzed my shoulder. And again, I had to, um, this was like 15 years after I had hurt my back. So I started recovering. I was doing remodeling things, but I had to be a little careful with my back. But I had learned how to do it. Well, now I couldn't use my right arm. I couldn't read Braille. I, I wondered if I was going to have to give up my job. I was a, and, and finally, with this one, 
I do remember that I, because my right arm, it wasn't in a sling, but it was just on my side. I couldn't do anything with it. I actually gave away and sold a lot of my carpentry tools. And it was my way of saying, I have to give up and move on. And so for me, rather than having them in the basement thinking, I can come back to them, come back to them, that was my hope. I, I had to give up that hope and find new activities, new lifestyle, new um, um, recreation, and put my hope and activity elsewhere. And that's how I dealt with that one. By the way, it was another good five years, and I started to be able to do some more and, and until I could work up to a fair amount. Um, but now actually I'm in a relapse with my lower back. Oh no. Yeah. Same old thing (sighs) as I had, uh, about 25, 20, almost 30 years ago. And, uh, and I realized that actually the x-rays even said it's not a herniated disc. It's a compressed disc because it's all gone and, um, it's pretty serious and I'm not sure exactly where this one ends. (laughs) You know, there's a irony to your depression with your shoulder. Oh. I was very depressed about my failed internship. Mm. And you needed help. It wasn't just that you invented something that you needed done. You needed help. You needed someone to type. Desperately. And read. And that brought me, to a great extent, out of my depression at the time. And, you know, really that does describe how people are able to deal with depression. When one sees the bottom and sees the walls and then says, I want something else and is willing to have hope and um, look to something else, whether that be so that you don't feel trapped permanently, but that you look for hope and purpose and meaning and direction, a goal, that it's not just looking at what the failure is, what the loss is, but looking beyond it. And, you know, you ask, how did I get out of my first back injury? I don't remember. And sometimes that's the way these things go. It's, it just takes time. Sometimes it's help of people and comfort. Sometimes it's an innate idea that we have hope. Sometimes it is medicine. We've been talking about loss and depression more as a short term, but sometimes these things do turn into a long term clinical where medicines uh, and interventions are needed. It's not an easy thing at all. No, it's not. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Nice verse. Say it again, would you, Cecilia? And I'm going to interrupt you at certain points. All right. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. It's interesting. And I will say it again. Paul there is really saying, there's going to be times it's going to be hard. So keep this in mind. Rejoice. Mm -hmm. Let your gentleness be made known to all. The Lord is near. Mm. And so gentleness, that's in many ways the opposite of anger. Anger is violent, (laughs) rash, harsh, tough. Yes, it is. Gentleness. Mm -hmm. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Be anxious about nothing. Anxiety is that that future or the anticipation of, of future sorrows, especially yes. when you're in the middle of a loss, or even before it. And if one is not anxious, how does one stop being anxious? But by taking it to the Lord, and not only to the Lord, but knowing that He hears these prayers to answer them. And it's amazing that Paul even says, when you take it, make sure you give lots of thanks to him. And there are times it's very hard when you're in the midst of a depression and anger and want to barter with God to thank him. But it puts it in perspective of reality that we're at the bottom of the barrel, the end of the rope, as we say in the depression. But we got God. And so giving him thanks brings him in the picture, which brings a new dynamic. And now finish this off. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I, you asked me uh, just before this segment, why did you choose that verse? And it wasn't the first verse I thought I would choose. It happens to be one of my favorites, but I'm not saying laugh and be happy about a loss. That's not what rejoicing is all about. But I have the hope and the faith that God is going to get me through. And that to me, anger, depression, whatever I might be feeling, that's what's keeping me going right now. And this is what leads us to the last stage, which is acceptance. And when we understand that God is there, God is a key element, we understand that we are not alone. hate to do this, Pastor Dave, but mm-hmm. because this uh, podcast seems like it was nicely completed, like a good jigsaw puzzle, but mm. I still have some questions I'm struggling with, okay. and uh, as our listeners can tell, I'm sure there's a lot that I'm still struggling with, and Absolutely. I'm having to remind myself, um, even though I feel alone, I feel very alone sometimes, 
I have to remind myself that I am not alone. And that's part of the process of this whole dealing with loss from all the different stages to the final acceptance. It's not an easy thing, even when one is a strong Christian of faith. You're okay, Cecilia. You are not alone. Thank you. Your that questions. Means, means a lot. All right. Where is Tori now? Mm. The Bible really doesn't give us a direct answer about animals. It alludes to a couple things. And actually, we had this discussion, people, uh, Cecilia and I, rather heated. Maybe we have to have yes. a whole subject about heaven and what is heaven and, and, and so forth. And there's a lot that the Bible says, but there's things it doesn't say. And so when you ask me, a pastor, what is, what is it? I have to say what, what the Bible tells me okay. and not what it doesn't tell me. Uh, and it does not tell me exactly about animals. There are inferences, however, that those things that have the breath of life will be resurrected. Hmm. Secondly, we know that uh, the, there is a new heaven and a new earth. And what that is referring to is that we will not be losing our physical bodies, but they'll be remade. If that is the case, it seems a reasonable thing, even though it's not said in the Bible, that much of what we have in this world, in the physical world now, will be there, plus some other things possibly too. So no reason why animals may not be there. So what you're saying is that even though the Bible doesn't say so, I can dare to have just a bit of hope that I might see Tori again? Sure. Thank you. Question two. Question two. Why do animals have to suffer? Thank Question. God Tori didn't. <laughs> Question <But>. three. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, you're not getting out of that one so easily. Yeah, it's the same reason we all suffer. We are in a world now of decay. When, when we disobeyed God, the pinnacle of this creation, man and woman, and really they were seen as a one creature, um, it, it sent the whole creation into free fall. And everything is struggling with it, and everything is looking forward to, the, to a resurrection and a change in a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 19 and following speak much about that, if you want to read more about that. Okay, uh, different subject. Mm -hmm. I have a very large Tory-sized hole in my heart right now. Mm, I and know you do. I sometimes think I would like to fill that hole with another cat, but I don't know if I should. Some mm -hmm. of it's guilt. Mm -hmm. Would I be being disloyal? Some of it's I don't want to go through this again. Can What's I? The right I, I would like to answer that question, but since. I want to defer it for a second. What's your last fourth question? My fourth question, how do I know when I'm stuck in my grief mm -hmm. and when it's still okay to be grieving? How do I know when I can still talk to people and how long it's okay to, to talk to people about, well, I miss Tori and this is what happened that day? Um, yep. Yeah. I know some people literally, literally who... Uh, 40 years after the death of their spouse, still is talking about him and breaks up in tears. Um, that's stuck, and that's not healthy. One of the key things you can do is listen to the counsel of your family and friends. Mm. Uh, usually people will let you, and if they say, I've heard that before, 
I don't want to hear it anymore. That's two things. One, it should be a warning signal to you that maybe you are speaking too much, but then number two, realize maybe you need to broaden the circle of friends that others might be more supportive, especially if you're not ready to move on. Mm. Listening to the Council of Friends is extremely helpful uh, in, in that knowing if you're stuck or need to move on. And quite frankly, if you, by your friends and family, are hearing you're stuck, we really encourage you to seek help from a pastor or a trained counselor. And this is what then moves back to your your previous question about the hole in your heart. It's never a good thing to fill the hole right away. That was what I was tempted to do. You need to grieve and be sad and sorrowful and go through the stages so that there can be closure. And when that has come, then if you want to, by all means. How will I know when that time has come? Um, again, listen to the counsel of your family and friends. Also, when you think of that, uh, especially if it's an animal, no, not even an animal, but a, 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 even if it's a spouse, when you can think of that, which is a loss, and not be broken up in tears like this one lady I was thinking of, mm-hmm. but can have contentment that, okay, they're gone, I'm at peace. Because then you're at the acceptance point. And then if you say, I need companionship, well, then maybe you should fill the hole. Yeah. Right now, I'm feeling not like I want another cat, mm-hmm. period. I want mm-hmm. an exact replacement for Tori. And so I know that this is probably not the right time to do this. I'm guessing a lot of our listeners who are blind and vision impaired and who have other disabilities, pets are more than pets. They're family. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, it, it is a hurt. It is a grieve in process. And, and it is very important to let the the process work its way through that you can be content about saying farewell without tears and then is the time to move on. Sure. We love hearing from you and if you have questions about loss and struggles that's why we are here. Our email address is info I-N-F-O at not-alone N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E dot net. Thank you for coming on this journey with us, and we hope and pray it was a, a helpful one, and we shall talk with you again. Goodbye. God be with you. Do come back again to room 4216. Music credit goes to Robert Vaughn, our versatile and very talented guitarist.